This is the Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron. Swings and hits it deep. Get up, baby. Get up. Get up. It's a grand slam. Oh, a grand slam home run for Yadier Molina. He touches the ball. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby, and the Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. From Cardinals Nation Restaurant inside Ballpark Village, welcome to the second edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren, Chris Raby, and Mike Claiborne with you tonight until 9 o'clock, live on location, joined in this first hour by Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, John Mozeliak. We kicked off the show last week in Las Vegas, and you couldn't get enough. So <laughs> you asked to come over. Uh, in all seriousness, we appreciate, uh, Mo, your time, the time of your staff, Cardinals personnel, especially during the holiday season. It's great to see you. Thanks for joining us. Oh, happy to be here. You know, I, we come back from Vegas, and I think that uh, a lot of the questions and excitement around the club, obviously with the move you guys made before Las Vegas, what's it like to be in and around St. Louis this time of year uh, with Cardinals fever everywhere, especially when you make an acquisition the magnitude of Paul Goldschmidt? Well, I think uh, everybody would agree when, when we made that acquisition, it was it was certainly something that maybe a lot of people didn't see coming. And, you know, clearly the statement that we're trying to make is, is, is simply that 2019 matters. And as you guys know, who spent a lot of time with me out in, in, in Vegas, you look at, at, at the last three years for the St. Louis Cardinals, and I don't think anybody would take anything away from it and say that they weren't good years, but yet they weren't playoff years. And this city demands it. This region demands it. And for us that, that work for the Cardinals, that live and breathe it every day, we take a lot of pride in that. And, and so as we look to this offseason – we knew we wanted to do something that was impactful, something that would make uh, a statement for next year, and uh, we feel that Paul Goldschmidt did that for us. He, he does a lot of things for you, and obviously we watched him in the National League, and he, he checks a lot of boxes, but there's also that other element of clubhouse presence as well. Now, that doesn't mean he's got to be a head cheerleader, but he's so well-respected around the game and everybody who's around him especially his teammates always talk about the character element how much did that factor into the when you thought about this is a guy we'd like to have because as i said he checks a lot of boxes how much did that come into play you know a couple things one is when you're when you're thinking about trying to make that impactful type move a lot of times it's it's solely based on on production like, like when you when you ask yourself, well, how's he going to fit into the lineup, and and what type of impact is he going to make on that lineup, and when you also ask yourself, well, well, from a defensive standpoint, that type of player, how's he going to change the look of our team, and and that's sort of the 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 way you think about roster building, but then when you when you realize the type of player you're getting, the type of person you're getting, the character you're getting, that just makes it that decision so much easier because the one thing that, that, that I feel like that doesn't get a lot of, of, of play when we talk about Paul Goldschmidt is think about the impact he's going to have on the players that hit in front of him and the players that hit behind him. And it's just naturally going to take pressure off of them. Why? Because he's an elite hitter. He's performed at an elite level for a long time. And you couple that with players that we already feel have the ability to, to do more. It's exciting to think about, but 
you know, to answer your question on, on sort of that culture or clubhouse culture chemistry, um, anytime you can add a quality person into that mix, it only makes everybody else stronger. I'm sure nothing really surprises you about the industry at this point as far as the trade market. Maybe I'm wrong, but with that being said, what were some of the initial internal conversations when you and your staff realized that he may be available and you could potentially get the ball rolling to try to add a player and a person like that? Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I, I do think when you're looking at, at the two different markets right now, trade versus free agency, a, a lot of what's happening in our industry right now is, 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 as far as pace, is being dictated because of the trade market. And when you, when you ask the question about, well, well how did we react when we, we first started hearing that this was a possibility of, of, of uh, Paul Goldschmidt being traded, honestly, I, my, my first thought was, I'll see it. I need to see it to believe it, really, yeah. you know. And, yeah. and uh, so as I engaged in, in the discussions and the trade discussions uh, starting back at the GM meetings, to me it seemed like there was a lot of momentum at that point to try to get something done. And then as we got further and further away, it just seemed to me like it was less and less likely. And so when when you ask, though, like how do you think about being able to acquire that type of player, there's, it's just rare. Right. Um, it's it's certainly you're starting to see a cycle in baseball where teams no longer feel they can compete at the level they want to. So they d- then look at trading off some of their assets. We saw it with the Marlins a year ago. Seattle's done it. Seattle's done it. Exactly. <laughs> and so when that happens, I, I, I think what ends up happening is, is, you know, that becomes the arbitrage. Do we try to get better in that market? the trade market or do we go out and and look at the free agency to try to improve and in this particular case when we were looking at at what we could possibly do on the free agent market versus the trade paul checked a lot of boxes and we had some some assets that we did not feel were going to get used or probably at the right value and so we used that to acquire for for you you talk about the general manager meetings i mean the uh the winter meetings I thought we were going to have just like the biggest collection of transactions ever because there were some signings and some other things that took place leading up to it. And then there was that thud where everybody just kind of didn't do a lot as far as making deals. And maybe there's a lot of dialogue that took place leading up to some future deals. But were you surprised that we didn't see more activity? I, I would say when you think about winter meetings, and, and all of us sitting here have been to many, um, there used to be that that sort of by the time those meetings ended, you kind of want to see people have jobs mm-hmm. or, or or you know getting a lot of momentum before Christmas to right. get things done. And you know I, I I don't feel people look at it as any urgency anymore. And you know back when I was younger as assistant GM or what what have you, I I remember thinking like okay, like you really wanted to have your team sort of buttoned up by mm-hmm. the time you got to Christmas. Yep. And and the players did too. I would think that would feel right. Yeah. And and oddly it's just people aren't thinking like that anymore. But I thought maybe we'd learn a we would have learned a lesson both sides considering how the free agency dragged well in the spring training and in some cases beyond spring training and it didn't work out for everyone. There were some guys who obviously could have used spring training, could have used being part of the organization before. Yeah, I can think of a name. <laughs> we know at least one. <laughs> and and I was surprised that People didn't learn from that, where maybe they would be a little bit more aggressive. Now, we did see some players take 
some offers early on. There's no question. Some guys said, I don't want to be without a chair if the music stops. But I go back to the fact that I thought we would be further along by now. Well, look, I'm not going to disagree with you. I, I, I think that's what a lot of people thought going into this offseason. But I will say, I mean, I look, I've made a few offers and it's been crickets. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where I, you know, I, I think it's easy for, for me to say, because I, I represent the Cardinals, that, look, we'll be patient. We can go into January and still know we can improve our club. I don't sit on the other side of that where I represent a player, for example, and understand the urgency they are looking at. Is it, you know, they want the best possible deal they can get or they want a deal? And and I'm not sure how that's being thought through. And, you know, there's a difference. Best possible. There could be. A, a, you're right. That, that's that's going to be something. We'll and I will to. say, when I was out in, in Vegas, I, I did have, you know, a lot of meetings with different agents and I, I was asking them a similar question you're asking me and you know for them they, they said there was a lot of a lot of chatter a lot of discussion but not a lot of formal offers. John Mozilak is with us it's Cardinals countdown to opening day presented by Ameren when you spoke to Paul for the first time after the acquisition did he have questions for you about St. Louis about this market even outside of the club John because we've spoken a lot about maybe what you communicate to free agents about this city and, and this community. But when you acquire a guy and he's getting ready to move his family and uh, we know what kind of involvement Paul had in the community in and around the Phoenix area, uh, what kind of conversations uh, did you guys have? You, you know, a couple things. One and I'm is, talking outside of baseball, not no, no, you know, contract-wise. But when you, when you think about a trade versus free agency, a trade – a player didn't actually choose to come to you. We chose him. And in terms of how he's thinking about it, he knows he gets basically a free opportunity or a free dance to see if he likes this city or not. So he didn't have a lot of questions going in. He's played here enough to know that you know the fan base is strong. Playing here on Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays is, is robust. And, and he knew all that. And in terms of... of you know, questions on like, hey, where should I live or what do I need to do? He's likely going to talk to his teammates on that. That's usually how those things go down. But, I mean, I'll tell you this. He was very excited. Um, he had mixed emotions because he appreciated his time in Arizona. It was uh, it was an organization he came up with. And, you know, as much as this is a business, there's still a, a part of you that, that he'll always be connected there. And, and so you got to respect that. And then the other part of, of what I was trying to get at, too, is like when you're talking with a free agent, it's a much different sales pitch because now we are trying to convince you're you yeah. to come here versus we've just acquired you to be here. Mm-hmm. And and so the the way you would go about that and, and, and sort of the talking points about our city and what you're trying to promote or advocate for are different. You know, it's it, I always tell people when they get traded, it's better than being released because when you get traded, that means somebody wants you. When you get released, that means no one wants you, and it, it's you might hard not for, get an assignment yeah, bonus it, it, when you're released. Exactly. It, you know, <laughs> it's hard for players to accept when you've been in an organization the entire time that you're going to move on. But that's the business of this game, and that's what I call the aggravation pay, because athletes think that they're getting paid to just run out and put on a uniform and have fun and do something that that kids used to do, but the things that come with it, be it traded being in a bad team, all those things take place, 
That's what I call aggravate. That's what they're really paying you for to deal with those sort of. Well, I'd like to follow up on that after the break. Look at the tease! Wow, my goodness! You know, pretty soon you'll have your own show. (sighs) (laughs) It's just what he wants. Thanks. You should meet Sam Masterson. You guys can get together on that. Yeah. Looking Actually, for the Sam, perfect. I haven't met yet. Maybe Sam and I'll have our own show. <laughs> Looking for the perfect gift for the Cardinals fan in your life. Surprised your loved ones with a Cardinals vacation to spring training. Packages available to fit everyone's schedule and budget. Make your reservations at cardinals.com/vacations or one eight hundred eight nine two seven six eight seven. We're just getting started. John Mozeliak here in the seven o'clock hour with us. We're going to visit with Scott Miller, David Bell, uh, Vicky Bryant for the Cardinals will be along as well, and we're back after this on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. And the Cardinals are counting down to Christmas with home run for the holidays. Take advantage of a new ticket deal every day now through Monday, December 24th. Visit cardinals.com for more information. We'll give away a pair of Friday pack tickets right now. So that's five games on Fridays, one pair for the fifth caller right now at 314-531-1120. Chris Raby, Mike Claiborne, joined by Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, John Mozeliak, on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. We're at Cardinals Nation Restaurant inside Ballpark Village. And that was very savvy of, of you before the break. You teased and said you wanted to answer a question after Follow the commercial. Yeah. I did. I, I think, like, to, to Mike's point, when you when you think about the game or the industry we're in, and and, and you you think about players that get traded, players that go up and down or optioned, you, you know there can be a level of frustration for that individual. But the one thing that that I feel like was was written quite a bit last year because of, of now people taking more advantage of of optioning players and and roster maneuvering. The one thing I would say to, to our listeners here tonight is is that players understand what they're signing up for. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a time where they're, they're, they're probably annoyed that they're on the I-55 corridor. John Brebby would be in one of them. That's an example, yeah. but, but Brebs, he knew what he was doing. He handled it like a pro. But he also yeah. he also could have been in an independent league somewhere. Yeah, right? not in so the big leagues. He could be coaching high school baseball. There's so many other options outside of this game. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and so, I, like, I feel like, as much as I want to defend why we do what we do, but you know, players understand. Yeah. I mean, there's certainly times where like they don't want to have that meeting with you because they would rather stay, <laughs> and 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 I understand that. But you know, the sacrifices they make to achieve what they achieve, they're 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 real. They're heavy, but it's also it's it's a two way street, and I, I do think uh, most players are, are are accepting of the rules. Was there any discussion about the roster massage at the winter meetings? Because, you know, that was a big issue last year because some teams really found the loopholes and were able to make it plentiful for them. Was there any more discussion about that? The one thing I would say on that, first off, the answer is yes. There's, there's, that's always going to be an ongoing discussion. But and Are you the, talking DL? or? So let's yeah. just talk DL for a second. So, so DL, there seemed to be a lot of roster manipulation on the DL. But – the one thing you have to realize is when you have a player, and we'll use Klaibs as he's a visiting player. Klaibs yes. gets hurt. Mm-hmm. So for, for the team to, to DL Claiborne, our doctor has to say he was hurt. Hmm. So the opposing team's doctor has to write up he's hurt. So if you're trying – for people that are claiming that there's a lot of roster manipulation, it's, it's very small. 
when it that, comes down to it. That's an interesting point that I'm sure most of our listeners didn't know, that the other team's doctor has to. Or a doctor, yeah. right? Okay. So, in other words, like if uh, say you got party, injured right? and so, you had to go to Mercy or something right. to the hospital and the doctor like would verify, yeah, he was injured. Mm-hmm. And, and so you would need an independent doctor writing up the injury report. So George Paletta can't write up an injury report on a Cardinal player on the road. Right. Okay. Because he can't see him. Right. Okay. And so it's it's the treating physician at that time. So that's my point of it. Now, home teams having their home doctor there, that's probably where your quote, mm-hmm. the loophole may exist a little bit. And I do feel like as an industry where we're always looking to, to, to try to tighten things up to limit or legislate teams not having flexibility or take advantage of it but look baseball's run by a lot of smart people now meaning different now you say well i, I mean like look it's a sophisticated group it, running teams. running a different way yeah. and and you know th- this group of of individuals they're, they're going to try to push the envelope and and find ways to to manipulate or, or or manage their roster as best they can and you know for us the cardinals i mean we're, we we try to to remain competitive and but we try to play by the rules and um that's how we operate john mozillock is with us on cardinals countdown to opening day presented by Amron. i want to get to your current team in a moment how much of the discussion within the industry now especially when you meet at these forums is about service time and about some of the players that have been in the limelight for the last couple of years, uh, either for coming up at a very young age. We're seeing Bryce Harper now hit free agency at an incredible age. We saw Ronald Acuna last year and Soto come up, and there have also been players like Chris Bryant who have said, you know, essentially I'm going to get my pound of flesh at some point, and he wants to be involved in the union. How much discussion is there about, John, knowing that every team within the industry does things differently and has a vastly different track record. Yeah, it's sort of interesting because I, I actually don't hear that very often anymore. Um, I, I do think, you know, when you're looking at service time manipulation in terms of uh, uh, player X, looks like they should be at the major league level, but yet they're, they're, they remain they optioned yeah. and, um, you know, or, or not even at it. They're just left in the minors. Uh, you know, from time to time you hear that kind of conversation in – April or early May, but right. it's not like a hot topic because I think it's it's such a small population that's truly affected by and this. It's such a case by case basis, right? For sure, and and you know, in terms of of the the slippery slope, if you actually try to like legislate that in terms of of mandating when someone should come up or not, a club would lose a lot of control fast, or you'd almost yeah. need like the injury thing a a third party, which is like impossible i just think it'd be really hard to, to manage so i i understand when a player believes they should be up and they're not i'm sure everyone they, believes that <laughs> well okay but but i mean you used a, a pretty yeah, big name of course north of us and uh, you know of course he was down very short and but just enough to secure one more year and you know in a, in a day and age where control matters that's where those things come into play and you know the other thing that i think comes comes into play Teams want to win, and and I look at Atlanta. And, sure. You know, they decided, hey, look, this kid's ready to play. Let's play him. To have him in the minors isn't doing us any good. And for everybody who thinks we'll be ready next year, I don't think teams can afford to wait and say, wait until next year when we'll really be good. You better win now. And if you, this guy can help you, you're going to play him. I want to change subjects and talk about probably the most interesting position on your ball club, and that is right field. 
because there was the discussion about a potential free agent, but you have a guy in Dexter Fowler, and there was a lot written and a lot said since the winter meetings regarding him and his situation. You've, you know Dexter Fowler really well. What took place? I know you guys have had a lot of conversations. What gave you the feeling that, you know, we're going to move forward? And you guys have spent a lot of time together talking about moving forward, and you've been steadfast about him being your right fielder. Okay, so you look like you want to say something, but Mm-mm. it's radio, so you guys can't see us. But um, so, so why Dexter? Why, why, why have faith in him? I, I think the, the first thing you have to, to sort of step back is three years ago, he was a dynamic player, extraordinarily productive. First year with the Cardinals, over an 800 OPS, did exactly what we, we were hoping he would do. Last year, stumbled out of the gates, got off to a slow start. I, I think there were some behind-the-scene things going on that, that he was struggling to deal with. He has publicly mm-hmm. talked about that. But my relationship with him was I was aware of some of these things going on. And to, to all of a sudden just say, hey, we're going to turn the page and go a different direction, I mean, that's not the way we do business. That's not the fair way to approach it. Now... Look, there's, he has some pressures. He has some liabilities. He has to come out and, and show that he is ready to contribute. But when, when you're looking at why we're committed to him is, is because, you know, look, he's a great guy. He wants to show he, he belongs here. And he is somebody that is a very charismatic and, and someone that I think could help, you know, unify this city in a very positive way yeah. if given that opportunity. And so, you know, Mike Schilt... Bill DeWitt, myself, and others, you know, we want him to get that chance. And the fact that there's a financial commitment to him as well. I've said that right field is not a $400 million position because, and I know you can't talk about another player, free agent, but to bring somebody else in and pay him that, that huge amount of money if that's what he's going to get, along with the money you already owe a person, 400 million bucks probably doesn't work. Yeah, hard for me to comment on that, but I would but my dot 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 on that would be we also have Tyler O'Neill. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's someone that if he was given 700 at bats could very easily maybe post 40 home runs. Here's another guy I'm going to throw in that mix and we didn't see him a lot, but when you watched him in spring training, I think Adolis Garcia is going to be a guy that somebody's got to make a tough decision on in spring training. Yeah, that's probably me. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take a break. We'll get to plenty more about the roster when we come back. It's Cardinals countdown to opening day. I think we were doing a game last spring, Claves, when he hit a ball to the infield and ended up on third base. Got a lot of talent. That's all I can say. We're back in a moment from Cardinals Nation Restaurant inside Ballpark Village on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. We're at Cardinals Nation Restaurant inside Ballpark Village. John Mozeliak, kind enough to hang out until the top of the hour. Don't forget Goodwill, one of our great sponsors, donate a car to Goodwill for four free Cardinals tickets. It's a great deal. It's a great deal. We talked about it all last week. Let's talk about uh, your roster a little bit, John, and um, – you know, outside of Dexter Fowler and, and his physical progress, you talked a lot in our session after the season ended about accountability and setting uh, guys off with 
standards, goals, uh, however you want to characterize it in a moment. And uh, I think one player that uh, a lot of folks, and especially thinking back to last year's winter, will be eager to see is Marcelo Zuna. It was pretty clear that we didn't see, at least I didn't see Marcel Ozuna at maybe 100% uh, at all last year, even in spring training. Just from a physical standpoint, uh, where is he right now after the cleanup? What's kind of his timeline? And uh, what are your hopes for a guy who maybe by no fault of his own last year just wasn't as 100% and, and now might be coming into this season? That was a lot right there. A lot of questions. So I think I want to take this sort of step by step. But but um, Start with the last question first. <laughs> That's how they normally do it. You'll learn that in the radio business. Oh, do you think okay. he was healthy at the beginning of last spring? Well, well, first off, like when you think about Marcel, you know, when we traded for him, it's always dangerous to trade for someone that has their career year because then everybody's expectations, including yours, is going to be extremely high. When you look at his overall year, it really was okay. I mean, from, from Except a for career. the defense. Well, Except for the defense. But right. But defensively, it, it's not uncommon to see people have a natural decline curve anyway as you age. And, and so the, the eye-popping part was his inability to throw, right? But we knew that going in because the second half of the year before, he struggled throwing. So, you know. When you ask, like, you know, like, how do we handle that or how were we surprised, the answer is not really. We, we sort of knew what we were getting. Now, sort of where are we today? Um, he, have, he had a procedure um, done at the end of the year. And in terms of how he's feeling, he's progressing. Um, you know, is he cleared to throw? Yes. Is he cleared to throw at 150 feet? No. But, you know, expectations are by the time he gets to, to spring training, he should be ready to go for full baseball activity. And he will spend probably the next five to six weeks down in Dominican Republic where he will be working with not only his own physical therapist, but also some of our people from our uh, academy will pop over and see him. So we have confidence that we can stay on top of this. And and you started the, the, this third segment by talking about accountability and, and what's expected of of the, our players and you know i think that the the easiest way to boil this down is is i think when i made that statement originally at the postseason press conference people took it in a lot of different ways and really my my hope or my takeaway is is just imagine yourself in any job getting feedback in your job is helpful for you to either be better at it perhaps make less mistakes and all we're trying to do is provide our players with feedback on how to optimize their talents well, and, so, and resources too, right? If they absolutely, request it. but when you think about about how for for a long period of time players would finish the season, they would thank you for the year, you would shake hands, and you would see them in three months. Really, what all we wanted to do was was really optimize the next three months and sort of give players a focus of what they needed to work on. And it wasn't the same answer for everybody because not everybody had to do the same thing. And, and some of it was just educating them on, on some things that they do well or, or don't do well. So it was really just a way to give players a off-season strategy that we hope that will, will put them ahead of where they would have been had we done nothing. Well, you know, I, I took it – I thought it was the best thing you said in the off season, uh, using that word, because it, it to me, and I think for fans, they wanted to see more accountability 
um, not players not only to the team but to themselves and to their teammates. And everybody's been not I won't say being put on notice, but hey, we're watching and these are the things we recognize we need to be better at. And here's some things we circle for you to focus on, which leads me to, to your manager, Mike Schilt, who has been very active in the offseason, uh, not only putting together his team, but also his coaching staff. And, and, and talk, if you will, about the new addition as far as the eye in the sky from an analytical standpoint. Sure. So I, I actually agree with you on, on the your observation of Mike Schilt. I mean, extremely active, uh, very much involved in, in, in getting a better understanding of how decisions are made, but more importantly, um, his communication with players on a daily basis and, and, and making sure that that isn't just the end-of-season handshake and see-in-three-months model. So it's, it's I, 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 I admire that as well. And, and in terms of, of how the Cardinals are evolving in their in-game decision-making, in their in-game planning, in their pre-game planning, is, is something that, that – under Gersh and under uh, Schilte, we, we've taken a, a big step forward. And so we did hire a young man by the name of Joey who has a uh, uh, advanced scouting background as well as just a professional scouting background and and has someone that has interest in understanding analytics. So when you're combining these skills and, and having someone that's going to be able to approach a player or approach a coach on, on maybe how to think about things. It's, it's something that is uh, exciting for us because it's not something we've been doing in the past, yeah. and I do think it's going to uh, be refreshing to just watch this evolve and, and, and take place. But, you know, real quickly on this, it's, it's very much at the organic stages right now, but it is something that everybody is pulling in that direction to move it and move it fast forward. All right, we've got a couple more minutes with John Mozilla, Cardinals President of Baseball Operations. We'll take a break, come back, and wrap up this hour. Don't forget that winter warm-up just around the corner. Another opportunity for you to chat with us. Saturday, January 19th through Monday, January 21st. Give the gift of Cardinals baseball this holiday season with winter warm-up admission tickets and autograph tickets, including Dexter Fowler. Available at cardinals.com slash WWU. Back in a moment from Cardinals Nation on the Cardinals Radio Network. It's a countdown to opening day show presented by Amron on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back. A couple more minutes with John Mozeliak on Cardinals countdown to opening day presented by Amron. The U.S. women's national soccer team returns to Bush Stadium on May 16th. Tickets on sale now at cardinals.com slash soccer. All right. I've got to ask you a question here. We're getting near Christmas. Uh, the holiday season is here. Two questions. One, will there be some new faces under the cardinal tree before then? And B, what is your priority with regard to stocking that tree as far as personnel? Um, you know, I, I don't feel like we have a whole lot of momentum at the moment on anything that, that necessarily would, would be completed by by Christmas Day. But I will say... You know, I've, I've been doing this a long time, and I have had that phone call, and, and all of a sudden, you know, we're do, we Here are we doing go. deals. Yeah. yeah, and I think my favorite story on this, and I won't, I'll do the, the Cliff Note version, was um, it was about 30 minutes before uh, Christmas Eve mass or uh, uh, church, and um, I get a phone call from an agent. My wife is pregnant with our son, and um, all of a sudden, 
I'm, I'm up on the phone in my office and, and I'm trying to get this deal done. And it wasn't major. It was, it was Grizzlonic at the time. Okay? okay. But he ended up having a, a nice yeah. year for us. Right. And I'm like, she's yelling and telling me we got to get going. And cause she we've already lost. Well, we've already that. lost the seat. Right. Uh-huh. Like, cause if you you're a half hour real early, early exactly. yeah, you have no chance. And so I'm like, oh, da, da. and then I, I, I did get the deal done. And about five minutes to five, we hop in our car, we drive there, and and of course I drop her off because I don't want her walking, and uh, far anyway. And I go in there, and it's, you know, wall-to-wall people, and she's just standing there. Like, no one gave her a seat. And I'm like... Oops. Okay. You and didn't just walk a, in and went, we got Grudzelonic, yeah, and the know, seas didn't part. No, nothing happened like that. But but it was sort of funny. And, and, yeah. And, and so, I, I, you know, like things happen is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And so you, you just never know. And, and you, you know, the one thing I've learned in this game is is the one thing you have to do is always be prepared to do a deal. I'd move it back to midnight mass so you'd have ample time to get the job done. I'd think about that. Oh, my mother's trying to move us from Christmas Eve to 7.30 a.m. Christmas day mass. Well, I didn't want to start a whole discussion on when people should be going. But it was just sort of – it just reminded me of a funny story. But, you know, in terms of, like, what we still need to do, I I do feel like when you look at our roster, there there are some things that we still would like to try to manipulate. And and I I will say this, between having a much better understanding of of what free agency is looking like now that we've come from uh, the the winter meetings in in Vegas – but also, there's still a few things we're exploring on the trade market, and and so those things tend to to quiet down between Christmas and New Year's, but then get going again in January. So, you know, in terms of timing and, and what we're exploring is is you know, is there a way to help the bullpen? Is there something from the left side that makes sense? And and so that's what we're oh, going to yeah, remain there's open-minded. Oh, makes sense. You know, um, the one guy that I coveted was Daniel Descalso, and he is up in Chicago. Um, are you still looking for that utility guy, or do you feel like you've got enough on your ball club now? And Jairo Munoz is a guy that certainly filled a lot of voids for you last year, but I know you still need some help from the left side, especially with Greg Garcia moving on. Well, I definitely feel we're, we're, we're right-handed. There's no doubt about it. Um, but when we were looking at, at, at sort of that utility-type player, um, obviously that was a name that came up, a winning player, been around us, knows it. But it also may have meant someone like a Munoz doesn't make your club. Mm-hmm. And I will say the one thing that Munoz gives the St. Louis Cardinals is, you know, he's truly a Swiss Army knife as far as, like, flexibility. He can play literally every position <laughs> and probably would have to draw the, the short straw if we needed a third, third catcher. catcher. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it would it would have been a, a tough decision for us. So I think, like, for us, it's just about, you know, continuing to, to remain opportunistic and, and open-minded as we, you know, we still have six weeks. So even though that sounds like we're right around the corner, and we really are, but in, in the game of baseball and with technology the way it is today – we still have time. In our final minute here, John, just with those talks ongoing, and we'll rattle off between now and opening day all of the guys that are in the mix for your positions, how would you describe where your club is right now from a depth standpoint throughout the organization today compared to while you've been within the club? Well, I would say right now we're about as deep as we've been in a long time. Um, Obviously, we have a lot of strong arms coming up through our system. I think from an offensive standpoint – 
we, we, we certainly have, have depth at the position player side, especially at the younger levels, which is not something that I think over the years we've been really yeah. able to talk about. And, so you can be patient with those kids and let them truly develop. Absolutely. And I, and I think from an offensive standpoint, that's the best strategy. And, and so for us, it's going to be one of those where, where we can take that time. And, you know, you mentioned something earlier that, that we never touched on, which is the coaching staff of Schilt. And, you know, I think the, the acquisition of somebody like a Jeff Albert is going to make a big difference with our club. I think it's going to be something that you're going to see a trickle-down effect to, and, and some of his philosophies and what he wants to see implemented will be something that we try to do at the minor league level. So, you know, overall I feel like our offseason has been – success in terms of trying to address the things we've needed to do and we'll continue to work on it well we can't thank you enough for joining us uh, especially during the holidays have a wonderful christmas we'll talk again soon and if you get to mass and there are no pews just be like paul goldschmidt anybody here paul goldschmidt that, that should get hey, you is that zach britain that should there? be like yeah. bidding at the church raffle for the front pew in the reserve parking spot. Ah, that was funny wasn't it <laughs> that's john mosaylock back in a moment on the cardinals radio network Back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. The 2019 Cardinals official calendar is out, ready as a stocking stuffer. It spotlights the signature artwork of the team photographers with a special salute to unbreakable Cardinal records. Pick up this must-have holiday gift at St. Louis area retailers or call 314-345-9000. Let's give away a calendar right now. Caller 4 at 314-531-1120. Big thanks to Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, John Mozeliak, for joining us. Mike Claiborne and I are going to zip around the division a little bit in our next segment and around Major League Baseball. Then Scott Miller, David Bell, Vicki Bryant. It's all coming up. Ben Boyd, our executive producer, Mike Anderson, back at our network studios. And we're back with more from Ballpark Village on Cardinals Countdown Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the Cardinals Radio Network. All right, back to the field. Bases loaded the pitch for Yanni. Here it comes. This is the Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron. Swings and hits it deep. Get up, baby. Get up. Get up. It's a grand slam. Oh, a grand slam home run for Yanni here. Molina. He touches them all. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby and the Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Second hour of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. Off and running, Chris Raby and Mike Claiborne with you. And Claib's looking forward to kind of jumping around the league in the second hour of the program, including chatting with David Bell, new manager of the Cincinnati Reds. We got to catch up with him out at the winter meeting. So happy for David, and I think Cincinnati is in great hands. I agree with you, Chris. Um, you know, he comes from a baseball family, obviously, play- and managing in his own hometown. Uh, I think it's going to be fun for him. And Oh, by the way, they've got a pretty good team. Uh, when you look at what they've been able to do, they've got a pretty good offense. Uh, I'll be interested to see, though, how it works without Billy Hamilton because although he was not the the adept hitter that they had hoped for, when he got on base, he made so many things happen. Throw in the fact that their pitching is starting to come on a little bit. The question is, will they have enough pitching down the stretch? But I think that they are a team that you have to pay attention to. Uh, David Bell knows the game, and how he gets to these guys early to make themselves a threat in the division, I think, will be something we should all pay attention to. Yeah, they've shown a willingness as well to at least, it seems, be connected to some big-time deals. And uh, as they've made some moves over the last couple of years, they've 
got some young players, and they certainly uh, in the past have shown a willingness to give out some big dollars. Uh, you're right. And they don't have a lot of dollars, but the ones that they spend, they try and spend them wisely. You know, anytime you got Joey Votto on your ball yeah. club, that gives you a chance. Now, I think what was interesting is their discussions around Riamuto, the catcher, um, and they've got a gold glove catcher. So where that takes them, I don't know. Uh, they've got, again, some good young players. They're solid at the corners. They're solid at short. Scooter Jeanette's been a really good player for them. Here's a guy that was released, okay? He was released by Milwaukee, and he's turned out to be an all-star. So they've got the components to make it more than uncomfortable for some teams. And you and I have talked about this. When you look at the National League Central, they're loaded. Now the American League, I mean the National League East, is trying to load up in that same manner. You look at the West, you've got the Dodgers. You've got, I think Arizona may have taken a step back. Colorado's kind of figuring it out. And then here comes San Diego, who should be better. And the Giants, we just don't know. So I think overall the the National League is much more competitive than what we'll see in the American League. No major moves yet for the Cubs, but they do sign Daniel Descalso, a two-year deal worth a reported $5 million. I think it is a major move. Uh, for what he lends to that ball club is something that I thought the Cardinals would have an interest in. And uh, it, when you think about him being a winner, you think about him having uh, – being part of a championship team, his leadership skill, his fundamentals, the fact that he played seven positions last year, uh, I think he's a great defensive player late in the ballgame. And he would have been the ideal guy to come in at third base late in the ballgame here in St. Louis. Oh, I think he's going to do a lot of starting. They'll be without yeah. Addison Russell for at least mm-hmm. the first portion of the season. And who knows how, how much That's, longer. Yeah. Th- th- there were some more um, allegations from the – uh, mother of of one of his children this morning, and and not to get into that, but you know who knows the future of of Addison Russell. I don't think he's going to play in the Cub uniform again. I just don't. So to have Zobrist, have Descalso, yeah. to have Javi Baez, those are some guys that can do a lot of different things. Zobrist and Descalso, those two guys can play every position. Yeah, and you know what? I think when you reduce your your bench by one because you're going to use another guy in the bullpen, you have to have versatile guys. You just can't have a guy. Well, he's a, he can play first late in the ball. No, I need a guy that can play more than one position, and uh, the Scalso serves that purpose. Maybe there's another guy out there that we aren't thinking of that could fit the bill for the Cardinals, but I just thought he would be, he would have been the logic guy. Yeah, a little bit of pop with uh, the wind blowing out to right in that oh, ballpark yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, elsewhere around Major League Baseball, we see Michael Brantley land with the Houston Astros, two-year deal for $32 million. He was a player that had been connected to the Cardinals, and you know, I think a great move for Houston, the rich get richer. And yeah. for, for them, they don't need him to be the guy. They don't need him to hit third or fourth. He can kind of fill the the Josh Reddick-type role. And, you know, I think a high upside move for that team. I think it's a terrific move for can that DH team. Can DH him if they need to? And I think you'll see him do that. I think he's kind of like their Swiss Army outfield knife where he can do everything out there. Uh, he's a really solid player. Now, obviously, the injuries have slowed him down. But, Chris, when he's healthy – He's in that first-tier discussion as far as the American League is concerned. Yeah, got MVP votes uh, a couple of years ago, had a heck of a year, and again, doesn't need to necessarily be the guy uh, in Houston on a team that's that's already fantastic. I was wondering your take on this, too. Matt Harvey goes to the Angels, and we've talked so much, Klaibs, <laughs> about young pitching. Well, my point being, we've talked so much about young pitching, 
and what it can do. And that Mets team a couple of years ago with Harvey and Syndergaard and DeGrom, almost like the Mets of the early 90s. And, you know, you kind of wonder about a team that hangs their hat completely on pitching. And then if you decide to go in another direction, obviously the Harvey thing uh, derailed by injuries and, and otherwise, but holy cow, it can turn on a dime. And and I think it just goes to show that you can never have enough pitching. And a Mets team that's even had Noah Syndergaard connected in, in trade talks. Just kind of bizarre how the entire face of, of a team and direction of a team can can turn on a dime. And I think it just makes you appreciate that that hasn't happened in St. Louis under the current regime. Isn't Anaheim now the graveyard for pitchers? Oh. I mean, CJ when Wilson's you go back to C.J. Wilson and some other guys that they thought could help them, I'll even go back to uh, who was the left-hander that they had that was pretty good, the Cardinals. I'm going back to the 80s. That's a, I, that's how bad it's been out there. Um, and I just don't know if that's going to be enough. You and I covered a guy that they have out there in Andrew Dunn Simmons. Uh, I don't know if you can pry him away. But, God, I love him. And this is an organization in, in Anaheim that's not very deep in their organization. Their minor leagues are, are not very good. Like, like what, what are they trying to do? I don't know. I guess just, just win right now and say, well, we're going to try to win with Mike Trout. It sounds like they're doing everything they can to run Trout off because they're not getting him any help. Uh, and they kind of piece it together. And if you notice, every player that comes through the organization is somebody else's. They don't have – is Trout the last guy they actually developed? Um, I mean, look around. It's a good question. I mean, Cole Calhoun. Um, I don't know. There's not a real long yeah, list. So they just everyone I, else I, is, be a, is a major again. sign. Yeah, yeah, they'll be sellers from again. Upton to Simmons yeah. to Cozart to Pujols. Yeah, to so, Otani. Yeah, uh, maybe they think they can build around Otani. Um, but I just don't see them being a player, although that's a division that they could be one in. What, what do you make of of Votani? I mean, when he was healthy, I thought he was a, he was dynamic I think last he was year. A good player. I, I think, think he, he handled the spotlight pretty well. I think he was a player that once they figure him out, we'll see how he makes that adjustment like everybody else. Remember, we didn't see as much of him as we thought we would because yeah. of the injury and them trying to figure out how to play him. The question I think is: Is he ever going to pitch? You know, I mean. I, you thought you were getting a two-sport star, more or less, or a two-position star. But, you know, when you have the remnants of Tommy John, eventually you have to have Tommy John. They thought rest and recreation would be the key. I don't know anybody who survived that. And, uh, well, who was the Japanese pitcher that they put on the shelf? Uh, and I can't think of his name. He tried it, and he was never the same. So I, I just think that we'll have to wait and see how valuable he can be. They're not paying him anything. He's a young guy. He can certainly turn into be a very profitable player for them. Oh, did did Kent Maeda have Tommy John? I know he was coming out of the bullpen for the Dodgers. Uh, the maybe last so, year. but I remember there was a Yankee pitcher they put on the shelf like that. Um, staying in the AL West, our buddy Lance Lynn lands with the Texas Rangers, mm-hmm. and a lot of people making uh, much of the fact that his no trade clause is basically the entire West Coast. Lance doesn't want to go to California. <laughs> he doesn't want to go any further <laughs> than he's got now. And maybe the Yankees, he doesn't want to shave again. Yeah, that that was, you know, you saw the side-by-side pictures. and you know, Unbelievable. He looked like a high school senior in one picture, <laughs> and the next picture he looked like he'd been at sea with the, the United States Navy for six months. So it, it was a, a different look by him. And, you know, Chris, I think Lance Lynn's career hinges on him being in shape and just being conditioned 
And if he's in shape, he can give you what you need, and that's innings. So we'll see how he unfolds in Texas, especially with that heat. Uh, I wish him nothing but the best. I enjoyed his time here in St. Louis. The U.S. women's national soccer team returns to Bush Stadium on May 16th. Tickets are on sale now at cardinals.com slash soccer. A quick break, and Scott Miller joins us. We'll talk everything around Major League Baseball next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. It's a countdown to opening day show presented by Amron on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Thank you to John Moselock for joining us in our 7 o'clock hour. Chris Raby back on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Amron from Cardinals Nation Restaurant inside Ballpark Village. Uh, next segment, going to visit with our buddy, now the manager of the Reds, David Bell. But right now, I get a chance to say hello to Scott Miller. Of course, you can read him at Bleacher Report. You can hear him on Sirius XM, MLB Network Radio. Follow him on Twitter at Scott Miller BBL. Scott, how are you, man? Happy holidays. Hey, guys, same to you as well. I uh, hope your holidays are great, and they're great for everybody listening as well. Well, you know, everybody uh, got back in the dust, settled what dust there was from Major League Baseball's winter meetings outside of a couple of moves and I guess the Hall of Fame announcements that created quite a stir. What did you take away from last week in the desert, Scott? Yeah, you know, I, I joke. I'm like, geez, I, I'm not that old, I don't think. But I am old enough to remember when um, there used to actually be a bunch of trades and free agent signings in the winter meetings. And my goodness, I mean, you know, I know ball clubs get smarter and smarter. At least that's the way it appears and is advertised with as, as analytics people have moved into each front office. And I know, you know, every team is so sharp now, but – I think, uh, you know, one, one thing I miss from the old days, it's like I wonder if teams are too smart for their own good now. You know, have, they're, they're, before any trade is made, even if it's a minor one or even any free agent is signed, uh, you know, there, there's analysis, analyzing and analyzing internally in a front office, almost to the point it seems sometimes that reaches uh, paralysis by analysis. So, um, you know, I mean, it's just the way baseball, modern baseball is conducted and, We'll see what the rest of the winter brings. But I know after a really, really sluggish winter a year ago, there have been some moves made uh, this year. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes from here. I know the Players Union is watching hard, uh, hoping the money starts to flow. Yeah, and I know last year, um, especially, there were a lot of guys that waited and waited and waited. And, you know, John Mozeliak was with us in our last hour, and he said, listen, you know, the way front offices – do things is is different and just as agents represent their players we represent our clubs and you know we've seen some moves we've seen some activity in the trade market we'll get to st louis in a moment but uh, do you think this is something that we're going to continue to see in the industry as we move along and as a lot of these front offices candidly are are run more like hedge funds yeah, that that's exactly right, and I do think we're going to continue to see more about uh, more of it. it. You know, it's exactly what I was referring to when I, you know, I'm not sitting here bashing sabermetrics or anything like that. I mean, I, I there's a time and a place I believe for everything, um, it, it, but when I mention analytics moving into the front offices, that that's exactly right. I, I totally agree. You know, with what John Mozeliak said that, you know, clubs are run differently now, and I, I mean, I, it's probably more responsible. And it's a better business plan because, look, I mean, with the money these players make now, um, 
you just in any business, um, you know, bosses or people that hire people, everybody's got people to answer to, right? And if if and so much as players are making so much money now, um, you know, eventually you figure, well, you know, if you're a smart owner, you're gonna not you're gonna let the baseball people do their job, but you're also going to expect them to tell you if I want to spend you know six million dollars on this player make a case for him versus just, you know, going out and doing it. I think, you know, like with most things, uh, I think maybe it was a little more fun back in the day. The way I describe it in the back in the old days, you know, you used to have so, uh, not everybody, but the, there were a handful of these swashbuckling type general managers out there. And, and the way I describe it almost what happened in baseball is when the season ended, the competition on the field moved into the front offices and you had different general managers who took up that competition. And, you know, I might be running whatever team, the Chicago White Sox. And I might say, I need a center fielder or an outfielder. I got to get this guy. It's going to whip up our fans into a frenzy. It's going to help us sell tickets. I don't care what it takes. I'm going to sign Bryce Harper. If I have to spend three fifty million, fine. If I have to spend four and a quarter, I'm going to get him. You don't have that attitude anymore. And like I say, it's it's probably smarter, but it's less fun. <laughs> Scott Miller is with us on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren. Let's talk about one of the big moves that has been made that happened the week before the winter meetings. The Cardinals acquire Paul Goldschmidt. You've seen plenty of Paul, not just on yeah. the national beat, but being based in, in San Diego. What was your reaction to not just the trade, but to the direction that Arizona almost abruptly, it seemed like, decided to head? Yeah, I mean, to answer your last question first, it's like, um, you know, again, talking about the way clubs are run these days, um, you know, tanking has been such a big part of the of the discussion. And, you know, I know a lot of clubs feel tanking or whatever you want to call it. A lot of clubs don't like that word, rebuilding, retooling, whatever you want to say. But many clubs now, as we've, again, as front offices have gotten smarter, clubs now look at it and say the worst place to be is in the middle. You, in other words, you either want to be a contender, a legitimate contender, you want to strip things down, try to rebuild on the fly and be one of the worst teams to get a draft pick, to re- get some young players, and then maybe that way you can become a contender and only have to wait two or three or four years versus five or six years. And that looks like what Arizona's doing. They're stepping back. Same with the Seattle Mariners, you know, trading away their great closer, Diaz and, and Robinson Cano and some others. And I think that's most noticeable this winter. Arizona and Seattle, and Seattle won 89 games last year. Arizona was in contention in the American, in the National League West, and yet both of them decided the middle is no place to be. We're not good enough to win the division or be among the top five playoff teams in the league, so we're going we're gonna to pivot. So I think, you know, that, that back to Goldsmith, that was a very, very painful trade for the Diamondbacks because he was their legitimate uh, franchise player. And I, I know he was beloved by fans. He was beloved by the Diamondbacks front office. I think, you know, the Cardinals are getting just an absolute first-class guy in Goldschmidt. He's, he's, I think he's a great acquisition. 
excuse me, for the Cardinals because he's a, he's obviously a legitimate middle of the order hitter. He's productive and personality wise, he's he's a blue worker. You know, he's not a flashy guy. He's, he's you know, and and I think he fits in perfectly with St. Louis. You know, one thing that has really stuck in my mind with Goldschmidt, aside from everything I just said, last June. Uh, going into the All-Star game, I, I sat down for a long time, did a long, in-depth piece with J.D. Martinez, the, the great Boston slugger. And remember, the year before, Detroit had traded him to Arizona. and He, he just played with Arizona the second half of the uh, 2017 season. So I'm doing the story on J.D. Martinez, but when I asked him about his time in Arizona, um, he spoke of Paul Goldschmidt with reverence, and it really stuck in my mind. He said, when I was in Detroit – you just don't hear that much about Goldschmidt because, you know, he's he's plays out west. Arizona's not a big market team. But the way Martinez described it, he, 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 he such respect for Goldschmidt. And the example he gave me, which really stuck out, he said there was so much pressure that Goldschmidt felt as the Arizona franchise player, so to speak. So much pressure externally, but also what he put on himself. And J.D. Martinez said, to the point where he said, I've never had this happen to me before, and I couldn't believe it. But when I joined Arizona, there were games that were close, and I'd get a big hit. I'd drive a run in. We'd win the game. He said, clubhouse afterwards, Goldschmidt would come up to me and thank me, and I'd say, for what? He said, you know, he said, Goldschmidt would say, you know, fifth inning, I left the runner at second base. I didn't get the job done you got whatever, what turned out to be the game-winning RBI. Oh, man, it's a relief. Thank you. And, and, and J.D. Martinez used that to explain how much pressure he thought Goldschmidt felt in Arizona. And I thought, number one, that story I thought was so classy for Goldschmidt, uh, you know, to actually thank Martinez for coming through when Goldschmidt felt bad he didn't. Secondly, I think a lot of that pressure Goldschmidt felt will be dissipated in St. Louis because he's coming into a situation where he no longer has to carry the torch for the franchise. Obviously, he'll feel pressure to produce, but he's going to have some help around him and a good support system around him, and I really like that uh, for him coming to St. Louis. Wow, that's great stuff. Scott Miller, you can read him at Bleacher Report, and again, uh, SiriusXM MLB Network Radio, and here's to hoping that over the holiday weeks and turning the page to 2019, we've got some deals to talk about, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, well, you know, I'm going to predict sometime this winter, uh, those fellows named Bryce Harper and Manny Machado yeah, there you go. to sign with somebody, right, let alone everybody else that's still out there. Yeah, and we'll give you a buzz back when that happens. Scott, happy holidays, right. man. Appreciate it so much. Thanks for the time. We'll talk again soon. You as well. Have a great night, great holiday season, and to the listeners as well. Scott Miller joining us on our Cardinals countdown to opening day show presented by Amarant. Speaking of 2019, how about you stuff those stockings with the 2019 Cardinals official calendar, spotlighting the signature artwork of the team photographers with a special salute to unbreakable Cardinals record. To see if Paul Goldschmidt can threaten anything next year. Pick up this must-have holiday gift at a St. Louis area retailer or call 314-345-9000. We'll give one away right now to caller three at 314 Five three one eleven twenty.
620. We're back in a moment. Our buddy David Bell is going to join us. Now the skipper of the Cincinnati Reds. That's next. Chris Raby, Mike Claiborne with you. Ben Boyd, our executive producer. Mike Anderson back in our network studios. And we're back with more after this on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. Alongside Mike Claiborne, I'm Chris Raby. Last week at the winter meetings in Las Vegas, we talked with so many great folks, including one of the best. The new manager of the Cincinnati Reds, David Bell. We knew him as a Cardinal. He's been around the game all of his life. David Bell is now a manager in the big leagues and. First of all, congratulations. It couldn't happen to a better person. And I, I thought the giant job was going to have your name on it. But you know what? You take what you get in this league, and you got a pretty good ball club. That's right. Thank you, Clay. It's, it's great to see you. And uh, one of the first things I thought about and my family thought about was we're back in the same division as St. Louis. So we get to we get to stop in at least three times a year and, and, and see friends. And, um, you know, St. Louis actually feels like home quite a bit, too. But we're... We're heading home, our, our real home, and that's Cincinnati. Um, my wife and I are both from there, and uh, it'll be it'll be great to be back in the Central Division. It's going to be a, a tough division, yes, as it always. Will. So, uh, but I appreciate it, and it's great to see you. You're going to have a lot of tickets to be leaving at the ball. All your <laughs> high school buddies and all of her friends. The bell section is what I see. But I also see this. You get to write that off, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> Good call. I also see this. I see this being the most competitive division in baseball. Uh, we know about the Cubs and Milwaukee and the Cardinals are trying to fix themselves. But I think you guys are the dark, dark horse because everybody in your lineup can swing the bat. You get a little pitching. You got some young arms in your organization, and it looks like you guys might be aggressive in the offseason. That's going to make this a four-team race, and anybody can win this thing. Well, I agree. You know, we, we, we certainly like where we are as an organization, um, both with our major league team and, and our player development system. We're, we have a lot of good things going, a lot of uh, things going in the right direction, and um, we do feel like we're right on the brink. It's going to take everything we have because, as you mentioned, it's a it's a really competitive division. It's it's a really well-rounded division. Yeah. Every single night, it brings out the best in who you are as a team, and and uh, I appreciate that. You know, and it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be difficult, um, but I, I agree, it's the best division in baseball just because it's so consistent from top to bottom. David, you used the word family already, uh, and going back to Cincinnati, I think everyone. Who's a baseball fan knows what the Bell family has done in baseball. What has your family done for you? Uh, everything. <laughs> you know, really, I mean, you you look back and um, you know the uh, the the opportunities you you have as a as a kid to be around the game and then you know to be taught uh, you know how to approach the game and life and I mean you look back you really everything you have and have become is because of your family and and uh i don't think it's really sunk in that you know i have this opportunity in cincinnati um just the extra motivation that that brings with it um you know it makes me want to give everything i have because it it truly is that city means so much to us as a family and the organization does as well so um Incredible amount of responsibility, and, and uh, we've been getting to work already. And, and that was my next question. Is it a good thing? Have you found in, in your career um, in Major League Baseball, 
it's a good thing if it hasn't sunk in yet because that means that you're relishing and, and appreciating the moment and realizing that there's a lot of work to be done. If, if it sinks in, you know, at that point, you might be on the other way out, right? That's a good point, you know, and, and uh, there's been a few times it's hit me, but really – like great take a request. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, exactly. hey, it's December. Come on. <laughs> yeah, um, but you're right. You know, you take this job because you love the work and you love what you do, and I, it's hard to call it work, you know. But um, I have, over the month and a half, really been engaged with what's going on, you know, in our front office. We put a entire staff together. I've been able to get up to speed on our organization, our player development system, really understand our players on a deeper level. I've also been able to reach out to all our players and um, even meet with a lot of them individually in person. So there's been a lot of work and, and we have a long way to go, but you're right. You just kind of dig in and, and get to work and uh, there's not a whole lot of time to, to sit around and think about it. Tell me about your staff. Yeah, it, it came together really nice. You know, we started with uh, Turner Ward and Derek Johnson, who they were not on my list of coaches because I didn't think they'd be they'd available. Be available. If, yeah. if, if, if I would have known that, they would have been at the top of the list. They're both uh, really good at what they do. They're, they're, uh, their expertise is top-notch. I mean, the, their experiences are, are run deep, and uh, they love the players. And I think the players love them too because they have uh, – they have expertise to be able to help them perform better, really. And so once we had those two guys in place, everything else um, kind of fell into place a little bit. Um, a lot of the staff that we were able to, um, to, to land had options to be other places, and every single one of them chose to be here, and that was really important to us. Well, we're going to look forward to seeing your ball club come over. And we'll be coming over there. And we'll be in Mexico together as well. That's hey, right. I can be happier for a person. I know you put your time in in this business and to watch you work and watch you grow as a player and now as a coach and now as a manager, I uh, couldn't be happier for you. And I'm going to root for you anytime you're not playing us. Clabes, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you guys having me on. And I look forward to, to seeing you a lot and look forward to the oh, conversations. Yeah. We, you can't get away from us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> David Bell, the new manager of the Cincinnati Reds. Again, congratulations. Happy holidays to you and the family. This is good. Like, you get to get in, get out. They let the uh, Yeah, the you'll be home for dinner tonight. You'll yeah. be home this by, uh, yeah. by Monday evening, huh? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> David, congrats, man. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. The Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up will be Saturday, January 19th through Monday, January 21st. Give the gift of Cardinals baseball this holiday season with winter warm-up admission tickets and autograph tickets available at cardinals.com slash WWU. Speaking of giving a gift, we'll visit with Vicki Bryant next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. It's the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron, on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Amron. Chris Raby, Mike Claiborne with you, and it's great to welcome Vicki Bryant to the program, the Vice President of Event Services and Merchandising. Vicki, how are you? Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. It's great to have you on the show, and I know a lot of folks are doing some last-minute shopping. We're going to talk about a a couple of different items, but first, if you're uh, still looking for the perfect Christmas gift, tell us about the Cardinals team store and the fantastic 12 Days of Deals promotion that's running now until Sunday. Well, we've saved some of the best items for last. Uh, Tomorrow on Thursday, 
or excuse me, um, on Friday, rather, we have the Dooney and Burke and Rawlings purses and wallets. Buy one, get one free. That's a great deal. And um, on Saturday, we've got all T-shirts, buy one, get one free. And um, home goods and drinkware on the 23rd on Sunday, buy two, get one free. So a lot of good deals out there. We're open on Christmas Eve. And one of the most popular items right now is our Goldschmidt jerseys. We have them in stock as well as the new alternate road jerseys. And um, those have been very popular and um, I think on a lot of Christmas lists this year. Yeah, isn't it perfect timing? I know folks are so excited about the jerseys and those powder blues are are pretty sharp. I imagine that uh, folks are coming in and those are flying off the shelves, right? They are. And the nice thing is we offer them in um, adult sizes, both men's and ladies, which is nice for the ladies to have a ladies cut. We also have kids and we also have um, the alternate road um, tees and a lot of player tees so a lot of things to choose from and um, some great deals as well cardinals authentic shop as well which is uh you know right around the corner from us as we sit in cardinals nation restaurant for the show i know they've got some incredible items and some one-of-a-kind items too and just about every price range for christmas gifts yes cardinals authentics is a great place if you really want something unique and different um, for your cardinals fan on your list uh, one of my favorite things that we have now is a STL um, bat wine and wine mug. It is a a mug made out of a wooden bat, so it's really cool, very unique. Um, some game used dirt coasters. Um, that's a good uh, party conversation piece, as well as functional. Is um, and then a lot of game used things from throughout the season: jerseys, bases, balls, um, bats. A lot of really cool things that, um, you know, hold a, lot, hold a lot of memories for people as well. I love those. Again, the Cardinals Team Store, 12 days of deals now until Sunday. And then the Cardinals Authentics Shop uh, as well. Fantastic items for everyone on your Christmas list. Tickets always a great option, not just Cardinals tickets that you can get at cardinals.com. But uh, I know people are fired up in town about soccer and about the U.S. women's national team coming back to take on New Zealand on May 16th at Bush. We are so excited to be and very honored, quite frankly, to have this. This is going to be the second to last match that they will play before they head off to France for the World Cup. So while it is a friendly, it really does mean something because they'll be determining rosters and have um, really um, take that opportunity to, you know, really play some serious soccer and getting ready for the World Cup. And we're going to have it right here in St. Louis. And, you know, these ladies are poised to take the cup again this, um, this time. And it's really a very fun, fun event for everyone. And the excitement, is, it's like being in a playoff um, baseball game. It's, it's that exciting. Yeah, I can't wait to see what the atmosphere is like. It was so great a couple of years ago when they played. And you can go to cardinals.com slash soccer. Again, that's May 16th, cardinals.com slash soccer. Under the lights as well, 7 o'clock. That will be fantastic. And don't forget about everything going on uh, over at the Cardinals team store. 12 days of deals and the Cardinals authentic shop. That's quite the Christmas list. We gave people plenty of options, Vicky. No excuse now, even if you waited until the last minute. No excuses, um, but don't delay. Vicki Bryant, thank you so much. A Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. We'll talk again real soon. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you and everyone. Looking for the perfect gift for the Cardinals fan in your life? Surprise your loved ones with a Cardinals vacation to spring training. Packages available to fit everyone's schedule and budget. Make your reservations at cardinals.com slash vacations or call 1-800-892-7688. 
888-957-9570. We're back in a moment to wrap things up. It's Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. Chris Raby, Mike Claiborne with you back after this on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. The Cardinals are counting down to Christmas with home run for the holidays. Take advantage of a new ticket deal every day now through Monday, December 24th. Visit Cardinals.com for more information. Let's give away one pair of Friday pack tickets. That's five games, uh, one pair to the winner right now. Caller number five at 314 531 1120. That's caller five at 314-531-1120. Mike Claiborne was fun to have. Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Mozeliak, out with us. I know it was a long week at the winter meetings last week. And all jokes aside, do really appreciate when uh, the Cardinals folks and their personnel make themselves available, especially to come out during the holidays and hang out with us at Ballpark Village. Yeah, I enjoyed talking to John because there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes, and, and and he kind of enlightened us on some of them. And I think, Chris, for Cardinal fans, while I think this team is still short, where there is time, I think this is going to be one of the most intriguing spring trainings in just how it's being organized and put together. And he alluded to some of those things. So overall, I'm, uh, I'm optimistically, I'm cautiously optimistic on our direction for this year. But, yeah, I appreciate any time John has a chance to sit down and visit with us. Outside of uh, Cardinals ticket packs, cardinals.com slash tickets. Yes. Uh, since the general manager and the president of baseball operations, Michael Gersh and John Mozilak, respectively, can't talk about free agents or folks that aren't in the club. If you were in the Cardinals front office, what's the one guy you would want come Christmas, Claves, under the tree? That, that'd Britton. be a good one. Yeah. I'd even be a go good cut one. down another tree to make yeah, sure. make room for all those saves. Uh, I, you know, in all honesty, I'd like to have I'm, – I'm greedy. I want Zach Britton and Andrew Miller. Uh, the perfect world would have been those two along with Daniel Descalso, but, you know, things happen. But I, I still think that's a, a, a very important position that this team is going to have to address. All right. Thank you to, uh, again, John Mosellock for joining us. Thank you to Scott Miller, David Bell. It was great to catch up with David out at the winter meetings and also – Vicki Bryant. A big thanks to Ben Boyd, our executive producer. A huge thanks to Ann Carroll from the Cardinals Radio Network. Also, Mike Anderson back in our Cardinals Network studios. Claves, we have a wonderful best of next week, but that will be after the Christmas holiday. So Merry Christmas to you, man. Here's to a great start of the year, and best is yet to come. It's going to be an exciting year. And same to you and your family and to our listeners. Uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting year for sure. And uh It's time for the Cardinals to get back into postseason. Time to soar, as our good buddy Jim Hayes would say. (laughs) Merry Christmas to everyone. Happy holidays. We will talk to you next week for Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren, right here on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network.